Good evening, everybody, and uh, welcome. Thank you for joining us tonight on our digital campus broadcast. We're so happy that you could join us tonight on your very valuable Sunday evening and any other weekend activities you could be doing. Um, as you can see, I am uh, here at our local uh, campus, physical campus, not digital campus, uh, in Newark. And uh, preparations are well underway there to uh, to come back on August 1st, July 31st for the uh, for the open house where everybody can come in and see what it is that we've been doing. And then August 1st will be our, our first time together, worshiping together in person physically uh, for the first time in over a year. So that's gonna be really exciting. You do not want to miss it at all. Um, on that topic of preparing to come back uh, for our digital campus, um, I was uh, I was at the church and uh, we were, well, preparing to come back for our first physical campus service in a while. And we were cleaning and stuff like that. And Sister Lil uh, popped by the church for something or another. Um, and uh, Dan and her got to talking and uh, they were talking, I believe the context was, about some Coke cans that were being stored in the reception room. Uh, there, there was nothing wrong with the Coke cans. The, the like hurricane that came by and wiped out a roof, that hadn't done anything to them. They hadn't been not opened by some critter or anything like that. They were just empty. It was the weirdest thing. Cassandra, my sister, showed me one of them, and it was like a normal. It was like a normal soda can. It was pressurized, and if you squeeze it and crunch down like a soda can, it hadn't been opened, but it was empty. Somehow, the Coke had leaked out of it, and it was the weirdest thing. And in the midst of that, we were talking just about how um, how when you don't live in a space for a while, when you don't inhabit a space for a while. It, it starts to break down. Things start to happen to it that we as humans did not intend for them to happen. Nature begins to uh, take back over, if you will. Um, and uh, then Sister Leela told of this one show, I'm probably getting a couple of the details wrong, but it was like this sort of renovation show and these people had their, the, their dream budget and they could set up their dream home however they wanted. And uh, then they started constructing and then a little thing called the coronavirus happened and uh, they had to shut down construction and work on it for a while. And then when they came back, everything that they had been working on had been corroded and it had started to break down and it was just horrible. And they had way more work ahead of them than they had even in the first place. And uh, everything was messed up simply by leaving that space and not, uh, not working with it and letting it stay stagnant. And uh, I told this story uh, in the context of our, uh, our small groups um, this past week. If you're not in a small group, head over to newarkupc.info to get all the info you need about small groups because they're awesome, but I'll stop my shameless plugging. Um, in small groups, I told that story, and then our uh, our Newark UPC executive assistant, Joyce Allen, said, Caleb, that'll preach. So I don't know about preaching, but I'll, I'll at least teach it tonight a little bit about it. So um, I'm, I'm going to be talking tonight about staying stagnant and how we have to keep moving. And when I say moving, I don't mean like move locations. I'm not saying that God has ordained in our lives that every five years we have to we have to pack up and move move to another state or another country and you, you can't ever be in the same place more than once. Not that. I'm referring to change. I'm referring to a sort of state of being in operation. If we stay stagnant, Things like that corrosion start to happen. Things start to go wrong. And think, we're, human beings were not made to live the exact same way 
their entire lives. And this even happens when you see like people who have had a job for too long. They have like a, a midlife crisis of what am I doing? Why am I doing this thing over and over again? And all of that sort of stuff. So, um, and oftentimes this change, while it's not necessarily God ordained, he hasn't, he hasn't made it for himself. Uh, he can always, always use it. And we'll get a little bit more into what exactly I mean there. So um, the first example that I would like to use of this is Jesus himself. Uh, Jesus, as we know, or if you don't know, that's fine too. Jesus was God himself on the earth, not a son, not a uh, not a proxy, not a uh, not an ambassador from God. Jesus was God himself, and he was living on the earth with us, walking among us, miracles on us, and teaching us and dying for us and rising from the dead for us. And it was amazing. It was, it's one of the most powerful passages, just the gospels, just the story of Jesus. Without that gospel, all the rest of the Bible would mean absolutely nothing. It was amazing. And then he left. If this was so amazing, if God being on earth was so great, why did he ever leave? And I'm sure that the disciples had that thought themselves. Like we, we have seen the Messiah. He has come. He's risen from the dead. We didn't even expect that, as in the case of Doubting Thomas, we can see quite clearly he didn't even believe it when the other disciples reported it to him. But they were they had been living with Jesus for years, and then he just went away. Why? It was great. God, you're alive. Why? Time to overthrow the Roman government and uh, correct the self-righteous Pharisees and set everything straight. Except that that wasn't the mode that needed to continue. A change needed to happen. And it was a great change because as soon as Jesus left, well, not as soon as Jesus left, maybe 40 days, give or take, after he left, the Holy Spirit came down in Jerusalem and filled everybody who was there in the upper room. And they were filled with the Holy Spirit, God himself living in us. I don't know about you, but that certainly sounds a lot better to me than God living with us. Now I don't have to push through a crowd to touch the hem of his garment like the woman with the issue of blood did. And now uh, I don't need to stumble across him to have a demon cast out of me. Now I can have God himself living in me and with me. That's awesome. And that required a change. It couldn't, it couldn't keep continuing in the same mode. It couldn't stay stagnant. Something had to change. And uh, humans, humans have been dealing with this problem for a very, very long time, over well over 2,000 years. We have always struggled to find this right balance of staying consistent and, and doing what you're doing, but always being open to change. And that kind of happened um, in the beginning of Acts chapter 8, as we can see. So after the day of Pentecost, obviously, there was an outpouring of the Spirit and Tons of people, thousands of people were coming to God and they were living together in Jerusalem and they were doing swell. Um, but they weren't really fulfilling Matthew 28, 19 very well. Go ye therefore and teach all nations. They, they weren't really teaching all nations. They were kind of just teaching Jews. Um, so uh, then something happened at the church in Jerusalem. There was a man named Stephen and he was killed. And a man who stood by Steve and watched Stephen's killing and uh, 
uh, as the uh, as this verse here says, at, uh, Acts chapter eight verse one is where I'm starting. And Saul agreed completely with killing him. So this Saul character, uh, we could talk for years, literal years, just about Saul, but we won't do that tonight. So Saul agreed completely with killing Stephen, this uh, this man who was stoned for testifying about Jesus. Now on that day, a great persecution began against the church in Jerusalem, and all except the apostles were forced to scatter throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria. Some devout men buried Stephen and made loud lamentation over him. But Saul was trying to destroy the church. Entering one house after another, he dragged off both women and children and put them in prison. Now those who had been forced to scatter went around proclaiming the good news of the word. Philip went down to the main city of Samaria and began proclaiming the Christ to them. So as we can see, this is, this is not a good scenario. Saul has begun destroying the church. He's, been, he's trying to wipe them out, kill them, eradicate them. This is not great. But even in the midst of that, God used this situation to fulfill his will. His will was that we should go and teach all nations and make disciples of all, as anybody who has watched more than a couple broadcasts here at Newark knows, we are to make disciples of all. And they weren't making disciples of all, but through this persecution, through this horrible thing, it, there's, no, there's not really anything good about this. He's killing Christians. But God could work for good in that, and he brought about change. The church of Jerusalem was comfortable. They were stagnant. They were settled. God used this persecution by this man named Saul to unsettle them. And they went out and they preached the gospel in places like the city of Samaria. And they began to spread the word of God beyond Jerusalem. Now, uh, rather coincidentally, uh, this actually flows right into my next example of change and how we shouldn't remain stagnant. So Philip had gone down to the main city of Samaria. He began proclaiming the Christ to them. The crowds were paying attention with one mind to what Philip said as they heard and saw the miraculous signs he was performing for unclean spirits crying with loud shrieks were coming out of many who were possessed and many paralyzed and lame people were healed. So there was great joy in that city. And then if you go and read the following verses, you see that uh, um, Peter and John go down and uh, they visit and see what exactly is going on with their revival. And there's a sorcerer who wants some of the power that the disciples have and Peter rebukes him. All a very powerful story. None of that would have happened if they had stayed in Jerusalem by just one man going out from Jerusalem to the city of Samaria and spreading the good news of Jesus in that city, many, many people experienced miracles and they received the infilling of the Holy Ghost and they believed the truth of Jesus and all of that because they didn't stay settled. They spread out throughout the area and didn't stay in Jerusalem. They didn't remain stagnant. Change was necessary. And then uh, again, coincidentally, I didn't really plan to stream this together within the one chapter of Acts chapter eight, but here we go. So uh, then after this, uh, after like the whole Simon the, the Sorcerer, all of, all of that went down, um, obviously then you would think Philip would stay in the city of Samaria because 
Bible there, and it needs to be tended to, and it needs to it needs to be uh, cultivated, and it, it needs more attention. Right? You got to stay there and make thing goes well. Except that then an angel of the Lord said to Philip, "Get up and go south on the road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is a desert road. Not anymore. Probably not anymore. But it was a desert road at the time that whoever wrote this wrote this. So he got up." And he went. So why in the world would Philip leave the revival in the city of Samaria to go to a desert road? It's like, that would be like leaving a, a bustling revival in Austin, Texas. And the Lord tells you, go out into the oil fields and uh, go just just walk through the oil fields. That There's not really anybody out there. It's just a bunch of oil mining stuff and uh the, the there's not there's not exactly revival potential there but god knew what he was doing so philip got up and went and uh, i won't read the entire next part of the story to you i won't read any of the next part of the story to you but what happens then is as he's walking along this road an ethiopian unit comes along and he is reading holy scripture and philip walks up to him and he says do you understand what you're reading and the unit goes no, I don't. Can you help me out? And then Philip does. And then the eunuch believes and he is baptized in the name of Jesus. If Philip had stayed in the city of Samaria and he had stayed there and not changed anything, if he just kept going on with the revival, like would be logical, like what would make perfect sense from our human perspective, this Ethiopian eunuch would never have been baptized. He never would have understood the scroll of Isaiah that he was reading. He, he never would have maybe had the opportunity to go back home and witness to all of the people that he had connected with back there. Stagnation is not a great thing. Staying consistent is a good thing. Being principled and not, not just going willy-nilly all over the place is good. Organization has its place, but if we stay stagnant and we don't change, um, we can oftentimes find ourselves outside of the fullest thing that God could have for us. Newark is no exception to this. Newark has been in a state of great change for years now, even before COVID-19. Obviously, all of us have a very clear example right right at the front of our minds of change and uh, something that disrupted us. And so we've had to change. And uh, it's been great. This digital campus thing over the past year has been amazing. We've gotten so much good word and we've got to meet people with Friday night with friends. And we've had the opportunity to renovate our church property right here. If I can line up my hand correctly there, there, our church property. But if we had not had COVID-19, then none of that would have happened. But Newark has been changing far before COVID-19 hit. First, we had small groups. That was an enormous change. I remember there was there was a little bit of an uproar when when um, when we began small groups because it was like I don't know about this meeting in homes and such. I don't know it. I don't. I can't see this working. But now they're they're great and an essential part of Newark. If you want to join them, go over to NewarkUPC.info to join a small group. Okay, that's that's the last thing I'll say of that. But genuinely, the small groups have been amazing and they were a great source of change. And then we began transitioning to a team model. That 
is revolutionary within just Christianity in general. The, the pastor-centric model has been the model for American Christianity for I don't even know how long. I don't know of any time when it wasn't. There was a pastor and he did everything. And if there were people who worked under him, good. But there was a pastor. And now there is uh, not so much anymore a pastor. We are moving to a model where there will be equal just team. Everybody's part of a team and all of the team matters. And then, of course, COVID hit. I already went over that. The Lugos have moved on. The Lugos are no longer with us staying here in Newark. They're planning to go out and be missionaries to the uh, to the island nation of Vanuatu, and they're going to be teaching there and ministering there, and that's amazing, but it requires change, and it requires uh, a different kind of approach to things. Um, and uh, that's that's where I come to my main point, I suppose. When we get back to church in just a little over two weeks, um, eh, three weeks, yeah, about three weeks. But when we get back to church finally and in person, it's not going to be the same as it was before. Things will have changed. The location will have certainly changed. I've seen the interior. If you want to go on our Facebook page, go check out our Facebook page. But if you want to go on our Facebook page and see the progress, it, it looks amazing, but it's very different. And so will be our mode of operation when we get back. Things are going to be different. But we can't stay stagnant. We can't be the same forever. If we, if we just stay the same forever, God will not be able to use us to our full potential. He can still use us. Oh, definitely. He could use Saul as he killed Christians. But he won't. He, obviously, God didn't want Saul to be killing Christians. And God doesn't necessarily always want us to be doing the same thing and continuing the same thing. So even as we follow God, we might not be able to, to live up to the full potential that God could have for us if we stay stagnant. So as we prepare to come back to our physical campus, as we prepare to deal with the awkward transition of uh, do I wear masks around people? Do I not wear masks around people? And uh, will will handshaking be okay? Will I I don't know if I don't know how we'll do hugs now. I I don't know if people will be comfortable with that. I don't know if I'll be comfortable with that. As we navigate all of this, there's going to be a lot of change, and it's okay. It won't be comfortable, and that's okay. But we need to remember that as healthy. Christians, as healthy people who follow Christ, change is always eventually necessary. My grandpa Moss has a nice pithy little saying he likes to use. The only thing that I might not be getting the wording exactly right, but the only thing that doesn't change in life is change. You always have to change. So that's just a little reminder to us as we prepare to come back to in-person services and as we prepare to uh, welcome back our, uh, our physical campus with all of its renovations and all of the change in protocol and service order and all of that sort of stuff, just be prepared for change. And it's okay because God can work through it with us and he will be able to do great, amazing things with this change, even if we ourselves can't see it and 
can't predict it. Well, uh, that's all I have for you tonight. So uh, thank you, everybody, for joining us again. Uh, you can go over to newarcupc.info for all your newarcupc info. Um, and uh, I'll give you a one, one last look at the campus here. It's, uh, sorry, let me go back. It's looking great. The parking lot has never looked better. Oh, there goes my magical green screen. But uh, the parking lot has never looked better. And uh, I, uh, I look forward to seeing all of you in person when we get back to our physical campus. Everybody have a good night and thank you for joining us.